Randy Willard, welcome to the Man of War podcast, my friend. It is an honor to have you on. Thank you. I've been looking forward to this uh, since you made your introduction. Hey, listen, so a couple of things that I want to get into right away with you, okay? Because I'm a big believer that style says so much about a man. And I think that as a society right now, we are losing that edge from a man's perspective. So before we get into this, can you do me a favor? Introduce yourself for those who don't know who you are. I've been in the men's fashion industry for about 30 years. Fortunate opportunity to get introduced to the right people in the very beginning. And then about 16, 17 years ago, went out on my own. And then in 2011, we created The Man Makes the Suit, the brand name that is the stigma attached to me, Randy Willard, in the men's fashion industry. Everything that we do from workplace is custom-made clothing. For me, when it comes to meeting with clients and doing my work, it's, it's really the focus in on like, what is your best appearance? Appearance is is everything. That's our focus each and every day of the week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to basically dial in on very important components of a man's style. All right. So let's just start from the bottom up. All right. Let's talk shoes. Anyone that knows me, I'm a big believer buying a great pair of shoes that are classic that will last you decade plus or longer. Why is it nowadays that sneakers are the in thing and just everybody's wearing sneakers with dress pants, dress suits? So let's get into that shoes. I'm a big fan of traditional footwear. You know, fashion is just, it's, it's, it's a constant moving thing, just like every industry, whether it be technology, automobiles, whatever the case may be. What is in today isn't necessarily in style down the road, but anchored with traditional men's fashion, that's just an important part of like who we are and the driving element behind everything I talk about every single day. There's a time and a place to wear a sneaker look, there's there's your tennis shoe, there's your sneaker, there's your casual shoe, and there's your dress shoe. And each one of those has its own place in your wardrobe, depending upon what your look is for the day. If it's time to be a little bit more business driven, then don't cut your look short and your message short by wearing inappropriate footwear like a sneaker with a traditional looking suit, regardless of the cut or the shape or the style of the suit doesn't get it done and it kind of embarrasses what you're trying to project if you will and for me it's all about projection especially with each and every one of my clients the thing that i think we do really well maybe as well as anybody in the country is i i like to discover who you are as a person and build around that platform to introduce you to things that are going to get more out of your expression more than what you're going to reach for because you don't do this all day long I do that. So starting with footwear to answer your question, there's a time for a dress shoe, a sneaker and all of that. And it all fits in. Unfortunately, in this country, as opposed to in other places in the world, footwear is worn inappropriately at times when someone dresses up, whether you're, whether I see it on TV, I've had the opportunity to work with so many sports figures over the years. And I see this, you know, this new brand idea of like, let's look young and hip and strong by wearing a white sneaker with a Navy pinstripe suit. And those dots just don't connect. So there are other choices. Traditional footwear has never been replaced. And in fact, when you put it on, you just feel like you've completed the presentation you need to make to your audience. 
that yes, I mean, we tend as a society to get into you know, into a funk of thinking that we're going to look younger by wearing sneakers and dressing down. And um, and I think that, you know, this happens to be a trend where 40, 50, 60 year old men are, are doing okay for dressing younger at times, like you said, where it's appropriate, but especially when you are out uh, in a business meeting or in a event that requires you to wear a jacket, you know, I'm just a big believer like you that a traditional shoe will go a long way. You dictate how that presentation comes forward and you can make any clothing come alive based upon who you are. And that's kind of what we try to teach and develop from our clients is to, is to get them to pause and to understand that wearing clothing and your appearance when you leave the house, when you move forward for whatever your agenda is that day is what allows you to begin to create separation from you and others out there, and they'll learn how to wear it appropriately. You don't wear, for me, this is just, I'm just sharing my insights, what I do all day long. I've never really appreciated a guy wearing a, I know it became popular, but a, a, a man wearing a sport coat with his shirt out underneath it. I'm against it. I don't care how you're built. I don't care what you look like. If you want to step up your game and get rid of the sloppiness of that presentation, tuck in your shirt. There's a time to wear shirts out. It's a great look. It fits that zone. But when you're putting a jacket on, let's go strong, not embarrass the garment that you're wearing. So these are the things that kind of come into play all day long when I'm with a client in teaching them appropriate attire and how to dress. Another thing I want to say about all of this is that what you see so much on social media today, and part of the reason why I'm on it, and I'm, I'm still working on building out this library of an agenda, you see a lot of individuals that are in the fashion industry that are displaying the, the latest trend, the latest look, something splashy. For me, sometimes a little too peacocky, if you will, for lack of better words. What would you get from me is somebody that teaches my clientele and helps my my audience understand what really works well. That's fundamental clothing that you can wear every single day and not look like you're trying to put on a fashion show. That's a difficult place to get. And when you analyze who we are, I think you see that loud and clear. We're organic. We try to maintain that kind of presentation and the relationships we build with our clients. And I think once they discover that, they really appreciate that we're taking them down a realistic pathway where they can bring reality to their lifestyle by the way they dress. Let's talk more about the fit now. I see a lot of guys, and this is one of the things in our brotherhood that I call out a lot of men, wear these very, very baggy pants, uh, pants that are too long, ill-fitted. And then they, on top of that, they try to, you know, put a belt on to try to squeeze the the oversized pants on. And then there's like wrinkles and it just looks a total mess. I'm a little bit more modern on the way pants fit me. I like more of a of a thinner, tapered look. Okay, but still not to the point, you know, where you know they're skin tight. And then the other extreme is I don't like baggy clothes. Basically, ruin a suit or a sport coat and a pant outfit. One, the sleeve length of your jacket can completely ruin the whole look. You're not you're not looking at any sophistication at all. You're looking at it just wrecks the whole coat itself. The second thing is you don't want to see your pants puddle at the floor. And it's become very common with a lot of middle-aged guys out there or moving past that to when they don't dress up all the time or even when they have, they haven't been given any real direction as to the way a coat should fit and fall and the way a pant 
should fit and fall. You can have a, a little bit of a break at the bottom, but you can't have it puddle at the bottom. It should be, you should be aiming for kind of like the top of your shoe, maybe slightly below that as an appropriate length all the way around. That's dictated by the cut of the pant. If you have a more of a tapered bottom, then you can wear a little bit of a shorter pant. Look, there is no completely right or wrong segment here. It's just that you don't want to ruin your entire appearance by doing something that's fundamentally way off. A pant that puddles or is sloppy at the bottom, pillowing all around your shoe, that's an ugly scene. And sleeve length, that's not showing a little bit of shirt cuff, et cetera, et cetera. A sleeve length on a jacket that might be entering the palm of your hand. You do not want to look like a hobo clown, if you will, you know, with, with that type of look on it. And it can, it can wreck your appearance. Now, as far as fashion goes and as far as style and, and appearance in terms of what you should be aiming for or looking for, everybody's body structure is different. And I get that. Styles are changing. If you're in Europe and, and other places around the world, you're going to see pleated pants have come back in style. Uh, actually, a little fuller fit all the way around. And all of those cuts are a little bit different today than they were if you're remembering the 80s and the 90s. And I know it's not for everybody, but those things dictate how you should be your suit, your jacket, and your pants. The one thing I'm, I'm, I'm very hypercritical about with my own work and for my own clients is, is creating balance with the look that you're aiming for. The, the pant has to balance the jacket. The jacket has to balance the pant. You know, the other thing too is that I, and I'm going through this with a client right this second, that I, that's actually been with me for like 15, 16, 17 years. In fact, he passed me a compliment years ago. He says, you changed my life. You made me realize I needed to addressing my appearance and what I look like as a professional and with where I'm climbing the ladder. So we've stayed together for 15, 16 years, but is being bothered right now because his, he feels like his pants are just a little bit too tight. Well, been drawn into this since the COVID times and even slightly before that into this super casual world that men want to live in. So when they have to dress up, they don't really know how a suit should feel on them. You should feel a suit, you should feel a pant because once you've been in it 10, 15, 20 minutes, it, um, it kind of loosens up on you anyways because of the nature of 100% wool garment typically. But you want to feel a garment on your body. That's the way it should fit you and not something that's just hanging. What is the rule of thumb when it comes to sleeve lengths on a uh, on a jacket? I mean, I see, you know, some men with, um, you know, showing three to four inches sometimes of, of sleeve, it's a, you know, and then yeah. I see you know, other guys that have no sleeve showing and then it's, you know, that's the palm of their hand. So give me an idea what the rule of thumb is. One of the things as anybody if anybody takes the time to discover the man makes a suit, my website, my Instagram, my work, start to observe, take a step back. And I hear this comment from time to time, which is kind of why I shaped my company the way per personally I believe if James Bond wears it, then I create it basically <laughs> because, love that. because he, because his lead British formality, you know, that kind of, but, but not afraid in modern bond to have a little Italian style to go with his casual looks, but it's all, very tied down in a sleeve length the rule of thumb is a quarter to three eighths of an inch of true white cuff should be exposed when your hands are down by your side if you're wearing a sport coat depending upon the flare and and what you're what you're trying to project you can show a little bit more cuff than that it's it's been popular to do that you know three eighths of an inch of cuff maximum of half an inch but three eighths is the number 
I know we're talking tailoring inches and, and, and all mm -hmm. that sort of thing right now, but that three eighths is perfect that I'm aiming for on my sleeve length. Most of the time, don't always hit it. And that's what I'm trying to introduce to my clients. If, if I don't see a shirt cuff, I'm really bothered by what I'm doing for a client. And if I see too much, I'm like, no, let's, let's kill this deal. Another part that plays into it too, though, if you're a bigger guy or a a smaller guy, I, I kind of take that in consideration. I hate on a, on a shorter, smaller guy showing way too much cuff. He ends up looking like a little boy in a suit, you know, uh, because of his stature and yeah. size. So, but for the rule of thumb, three eighths of an inch is what you should be aiming for a shirt cuff that you want to see when you're, when your hands are by your side. A little bit about the length of the jacket. You know, I've always been taught that you want to kind of, you know, if it, falls in the palm of your hand as you squeeze it on the side. It's I tend to like a little bit of a, of a shorter drop on the jacket. In, to, in today's style, regardless of your walk of life, I don't care who you are, if you're in America, whether you're buying something off the rack or you're having it made for you, it needs to cover your bum in the back. I don't want to see it fall below it because then you're going to look like you're wearing a diaper. Okay. <laughs> you're going to look really, really silly from behind, but everybody else does. Okay. When, if it just covers your bum, then the length in front is going to be appropriate for the modern suit that you want to wear based upon your height and stature and size. Sometimes I have to break that rule a little bit. If I'm working with like a, a former NFL or NBA guy, guy's got a wingspan of an airplane, then I have to take into consideration not making him look silly with his arms down by his side if I make the jacket too short. And so from there, I might bring it below his rear end just a little bit. Because again, I'm aiming for balance to my client's uh, overall presentation of the garment. So the pants and the jacket all have to come together. But the rule of thumb with every single client is that it covers it covers your seat for that modern day suit, but, but not below it. If you were to give three colors for someone just starting in the suit game, uh, maybe young man or someone that maybe has never worn suits, where would you go with these colors? Every single time I meet a new client, I was with a gentleman yesterday in LA who I actually met because I was, I'm a big cigar guy. I was smoking a cigar in Santa Barbara, out, easy night, boom, with the Ritz, hanging out, meet this guy, conversation exists. We end up throwing a few names around and he was like, wow, you work with him, you work with him. And, and, and I don't do that to toot my own horn. I just, I've earned, the, I've earned the right and the ability to share those things with other people. And if you're successful, I think you know where I'm coming from. That being said, definitely open to getting together. We just got together yesterday in LA as we started the suit conversation and everything. I don't need to even need to see a man's wardrobe. I often go to the client's house to begin because I want to see what you have. I, I love that as a starting place. It tells me a story about you. It tells me how ugly your clothes are or how ridiculous the colors are or how great they are. It tells me everything. It tells me if you're a fashionable guy, it tells me if you're conservative. I'm looking for all of that from the person to describe himself to me. And I can quickly see that within a few minutes of, of digesting a person's wardrobe. All that being said, I like to tell every one of my new clients, my focus is, especially if I see that I can help you improve upon the look of the garment that you've been wearing from what you're currently wearing to something that's a better reflection of posture, et cetera, et cetera, then we're going to start with the fundamentals. Every man should have a tuxedo at any moment's notice in his closet. And then I like to start with the foundation. We're building a house here. We're building your, your fashion house, okay? And I'm helping you, and I'm the director behind this. So you need a black, you need a blue, 
a navy of some, or maybe one or two blues, a navy, and then you need two grays. And in solid colors. I don't want to see anything else because it'll give you the ability to move it around and wear it different ways for different expressions. Whether you're going to a wedding or you got a business function or you recently had a convention and you want to wear something for that, it dictates mm -hmm. you can get more versatility out of it. But we want to put those pieces in play first before we start going after all the crazy things that are out there. If you're a guy that's wanting to embrace fashion and wear it and have even a little bit more fun with it. And I'm talking in sport coats and even in other suits. Solid black, navy blue in some form of medium blue, maybe a summer blue and, and two grays. If once I have those in place in my client's wardrobe, then he's gonna enjoy the fact that he can wear them often without feeling like someone just saw that suit on him. That's, that's a very important thing. Creates a good foundation for him. And we have his pattern right. Now we start moving into more expressive things that might drive and fit his personality. Let's talk a little bit about ties and matching suits and jackets with ties. Used to be in the old days where you would wear a pattern tie. You were capable of wearing a pattern tie with a single colored type suit. But now I see where, you know, patterns on patterns. Sometimes it actually doesn't look too bad, but I'm not sure what the rule of thumb is with that. Yeah, I'm actually going to do a video really soon on, and I don't think anybody else in my industry has ever done this. When I see the mistake made on TV all the time, then it just fires my blood up to want to do this video. There is a difference between suit ties and sport coat ties. And just to start with this, you'll see often see, and I see it all the time, a guy put a basically a suit tie with a sport coat of some sort. So they're they're kind of mixing patterns or they think they're doing the right thing because they're in the color zone, but it's just, there are sport coat ties. I can dive more into this at a later date. And then there are suit ties. That's where I'm really good. So when I come in and I meet with my client and we do whatever we're going to do, a pattern shirt, mixing it with the right tie, but too often it really, that you can, you can mess up the greatest suit on the, on the planet with the wrong shirt and tie combination. If you don't have a really good eye for that, most men don't. Again, that's what I do. Would he wear that? Hell no. Okay. Let's start in the beginning. And then let me show you how we can mix some subtle patterns in a shirt with the right tie. But there's a reason why you have textures in a tie, whether it be a, a cashmere or a woven or whatever the case may be, that could monochromatically complement a sport coat when you want to go that direction. Mm -hmm. And because you can really kill an outfit by inappropriate selection with neckwear. I, I think I was, this was a little bit of one of my, I don't have a lot of gifts in this world, but that was one of them. And that is putting those things together. And of course I've shaped and developed it over the years. And um, yeah, there's not an easy answer for it, but I, I will say this, find somebody that can help you with your wardrobe in that area. If that's what you need, because that's the sizzle on the bacon. When you, uh, when you leave the house, are, are you saying that it's not necessarily contrarian to wear a, a pattern tie, you know, with a pattern jacket at certain times? Is, is that something? You could wear a really tight basket weave blue, let's just say underneath yeah. some kind of a window yeah. pane sport coat. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that, but if you were going to bring a tie into play, you want to keep it really subdued because I want the sport coat to speak for itself. And then that'll help dictate for me what pocket square I'm going to put together with it. And usually I'll stay maybe matching solid color with the tie so that the jacket stands alone and presents itself in a, in a, in a real professional way. Let's jump to the knot on a tie. 
you know, I was a Wall Street broker for, for many years when I was younger. I ran my own firm. One of the most important things on Wall Street is, you know, what you looked like, the kind of suits you had, the the watches, the the shoes. Uh, one of the most important things that I looked at when someone came in to my firm and wanted to work for me was I looked at the watch on a man's wrist. And I also looked at the shoes, how well taken care of those were the shoes. But I immediately went right to the knot on a tie. <laughs> that tells me a tremendous amount about a man. So my question to you here is, are there specific knots for specific type of suits that a man should wear? You know, I see these well, here's, here's, knots here's, from time to time that bother yeah, the yeah. hell out of me. Again, you open up a whole box there, a longer point length shirt being more in style right now. And the reason for that is because guys are wearing a broader, wider lapel on their jacket. That's right. That is very popular right now. A skinnier lapel that was popular three or four years ago yes. is just not popular right now it, it, because that's a more casual look. When you have a wider lapel, it's a dressier look in presentation form. Well, what happens then is depending upon the lapel on your jacket and your shirt collar. And I know for some people it's saying, well, if I got to think so much about this, this is a bunch of nonsense. No, it's not nonsense. The details and anything that you do in your life, whether it be your appearance or your business, or you go to the gym, what you eat, all those details matter. And when you start thinking they don't matter, then quite frankly, you've lost your edge and you, you probably should go sit on the sidelines with the guys that are not playing. I'm driven this way. And as it relates to the tie, yeah, the knot of the tie matters depending upon like the lapel and the shirt point length that you have. You don't want to be wearing some skinny little 60s looking tie like you're a part of the Rat Pack with a big lapel shirt collar. Uh, you want you want to bring that all together, okay? So it has, should have a little bit more girth there all the way around. Now, how you tie the tie, that's, that's a personal choice. Texture in a tie can sometimes just totally dictate the way the knot is formed and, and that it gives you the girth that you're looking for to, to, to create that masculine look you're trying to put together with that particular outfit. Mm -hmm. And all of these are the things that are running through my brain all the time when I'm working with every single one of my clients. It's not an easy answer, but those details do matter. They're all scaled to the outfit that you're wearing all the way around. Spread collar, narrow collar, what's your favorite? And, and what do you think that if a man were to have, you know, maybe three or four shirts, dress shirts in his closet, do you recommend that he should have different collars or is it personal preference? I think a medium to semi-spread collar is great. I think there's guys that want to be a little, make a little bit more statement with the neckwear they're wearing. So you could wear an English spread collar to kind of show off the, the tie a little bit more. Uh, there's no really right or wrong answer there. Get comfortable with what you think looks best on your face. A mafia tie, you know, I mean, just, I'm just, I like, I like a more of a gentleman's English presentation, just something that's more, traditional and straightforward a semi-spread collar usually works for most men from there depending you know if you if you have a short neck then when i'm making custom shirts for my clients then i take in the in the perspective the, the short neck and i lower the front so i'm not bringing all this attention to the collar setting up around his jowls you know so those things kind of come into play depending upon your build or, or really a factor for any man if you're dressing up and that's one of the beauties of having clothes custom made. If you get the right guy to, to create your own look, that's going to get the most out of your appearance and, and shirts is one of them. So let's talk a little bit about these new fabrics, like these stretch fabrics. Okay. I didn't like them at the beginning when they started coming out, but I find them to be rather 
you know, comfortable and, and they look pretty good. What's your take on, you know, these, you know, these fabrics that have a little stretch in, in them nowadays in, in the more modern type suits? A very small amount of polyamide or acra that's in a garment, 3%, let's say. If you're a bigger guy and you're trying to wear something that has a little bit more fit, et cetera, et cetera, then you want that little forgiveness factor going on in there. I definitely try to look for that in suits sometimes for my clients with the way we're making up suits today. And uh, so I think that's important. But what you have more today than you did 20, 30 years ago is you have manufacturers have the ability to a linen and, and a silk and a wool blends is the word I'm looking for, uh, mm -hmm. more blended fabrics that you can wear. But you'll find that pretty much in, a, in, in the sport coat world. Suit world, it's usually 100% wool, maybe a little bit of stretch in there. And, and, and it's okay to reach for it. I wouldn't reach for too much. It's a difficult thing to sew. It also loses its look and its shape if you have too much there. So, but a little bit of movement is, uh, it's a great feature in men's garments today. Is it acceptable to wear a suit jacket as a sport coat? And what are the differences? The answer is no. It's not acceptable for the individual's personal reasons. Forget what anybody sees. Uh, one, you're separating that garment. You're wearing it differently from the pant. And over time, it's going to wear differently. And then you don't really have a suit. Number two, yes, when I'm showing cloth to a client and I'm showing a solid black, blue, brown, tan, woven, sport coat cloth, lightweight for summer, something that breathes, something that's great. It's been created for a sport coat look, as opposed to a weave that is created for suits. There is a difference and you can see it. I see it all the time when I guys are out and about probably as much now as I did a few years ago, but you can tell he's got his suit jacket on over the top. You know, I got to have a jacket. So I'm going to wear my suit jacket over the top of my pants. He looks like it. I'd say, I can see it coming right at me in the airport, you know? And I'm like, no, if you had a sport coat, proportionally made for that particular look because you're wearing jeans now. You're going to have a much more attractive presentation and together look. It's not right. Uh, I never encourage it. And I think I pretty much said it right there. Yeah, I do wear that pretty often, you know, um, you know, going to dinner sometimes or, you know, definitely not in a business environment. You know, what is your take on matching jeans and, and sport coats? Uh, in the summertime, I want a really light denim to go with some of my summer jackets because it's a summer color and I'm talking a blue jean denim, but light in color, really like mm -hmm. kind of a washed out a little bit. I don't, I don't mind that. I don't mind colors like white and greens and olives and, and tans and a cotton pant to go under sport coats. Don't be afraid of that action because it, a lot of times it just finishes off that look a little bit better if you, if, if you will, but, but for the most part, and I'm even wearing it today, I like dark denim, especially this time of the year under any of my, under any of my sport coats, dark denim, because it's the winter. And I, I think that's just like one of the lost arts that's happened in our country, especially with men is not only do they not care about this subject to talk about it, not only do they really have no clue, they, they don't have anything in their closet worth really hanging onto, to be perfectly candid, because it's the last thing they want to address in their world because their, yeah. their focus is so many other ways, mm -hmm. but it's, it's become a lost art to be able to, you know, it's, it's winter out. It's 58 degrees outside. Put some clothes on presentable. 
for the day. You never know who you're going to run into. And that is just something that as I continue to develop relationships with clients and they hear this message from me every single time they see me because they, they realize that I have not lost my passion for dressing appropriately. They, they become educated and better informed about it's a great form of masculinity to, to project that you have a sense of fashion and an understanding of what to wear and when to wear it. And it's an important part of, of who you are because people see it. It has been a game changer for me. I can't even tell you how many times in my life doors have opened up, things have happened. I didn't do it for that reason. I did it because I care about myself. But good things have happened because because I because my appearance was important and I and I paid attention to it. And I just didn't, you know, schlep it to the side. Brandy, let's talk about that. So, you know, and I man, I sit here and I talk about this so often. You know, the way you look, the way you carry yourself, the confidence that a good you know, good clothing brings forth. A lot of men don't quite understand that. You know, a lot of men will challenge me back and say, well, look at, you know, Mark Zuckerberg and this guy and billionaires that, you know, there were t-shirts and jeans and sneakers and they don't have to show off that they're well-dressed men and blah, 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 all this uh, nonsense. You know, what is your take on that? I have a lot of pride. I've always been like this, and I, you know, in my early days, I don't want to be like everybody else for one reason. I'm not everybody else. I'm myself. Number two, I care about the way I look and it has nothing to do with money. It has everything to do with the way I was raised. I'm, I think it's important to present myself a certain way. And so if I'm in a room and someone says, why do you have a sport coat on? Because I want to. I, I don't care if you look that way. If you want to dress down and sloppy and like not really, it's a big deal. Fine. You look like everybody else. I don't want to look like everybody else. I love who I am. I embrace where I'm going. And I want to I wanna find a way to, like, when I enter a cigar lounge and I was in a suit last night, I was the only guy there. It's the end of my evening. It's 8 o'clock in the evening and I'm in Newport Beach and I'm lighting up a cigar. Everybody's talking to me. You know what? Because they see that. So caring comes from a lot of different places. It comes from a sincere heart maybe your relationship with God, all those things come into play. Those are important parts of my life. But my appearance is important too. And I forever pay attention to it. Yeah, I'm in the business, but I've always been that way. I want, I like to be, I don't want to be thrown into like the tech world of everybody shows up in at a thousand employee facility and they, they all look like they're wearing the same uniform. I don't, I don't want to look like that. You know, I want to be a difference maker. And I think it does start with caring about your appearance. It also falls into other things. It's, it's all part of the man makes the suit, who we are, the image. And when people take a step back and they see all of that, my website, all these different areas, including have a chance to meet me, they see that, yeah, we're an organic company that the clothing we show is the clothing that we want to wear. This is not a fashion show. All right. There's a lot of things that come in and out of style, but find what works for you. Do something that upgrades your look, and I guarantee you, it'll upgrade your personality and your projection and your outlook on life and the way you treat people. Do you believe a masculine man should be the best dressed man in the room? So, yeah, the answer is yes, but I'm not too sure I really understand where you're coming with that question. I mean, like, I don't want to question someone's masculinity just because, you know, he's not the best dressed guy in the room. Uh, I, I'm not, that's not who I am. But realize that, I think with your masculinity and the things that you're trying to accomplish, 
that your wardrobe is a part of that. It's a big piece of the puzzle. And that puzzle's not complete. Even though you might think so, it's not complete if you're overlooking your appearance. A lot of times when uh, we discuss masculinity, power, confidence, status, okay? When you look at a man who is well-dressed, well-put-together, he doesn't really have to say a damn word. Um, it's the way he carries himself and people, like you said the other day, you know, kind of flock to you in, in a restaurant or in, in a cigar bar, um, and, and, you know, they started talking to you. I believe uh, wholeheartedly that... You know, this is again, you know, decades of coaching and being around men and building men. Uh, one of the most important things for a man is the way that he dresses. And I'm going to ask you something here and, and just be completely upfront with me. Has the way that you dressed and conducted yourself as a masculine man opened doors for you? It does it weekly, without a doubt. Don't know which day it'll come, where it'll come from, but. Things happen because of the way I project my personal appearance. It's at the top of my list with everything that I do. It's not being the tech giant. It's not being, it's like my appearance is the first thing people see. And what follows behind that is my personality. And if I have a little something between my ears, I think they fall in love with the direction I'm taking them because most people are not willing to put those two together. Let's talk bespoke suits versus off the rack suits and any type of clothing, really. You know, a lot of men shy away from bespoke suits. Why? Because, you know, suits because they, you know, they're expensive for a lot of men. You know, what is your answer to that? Where a guy says, well, you know, I may have to spend three, five, ten thousand dollars $10,000 on a suit that's custom made for me, where I can go and, and you know, have a, a suit off the rack for, you know, 200, 300 bucks. You know, knowing everything that I know about my business and and my work and the way I've tried to help people, I've often thought about that question in terms of how it fits into everyone's world. First of all, everyone can't afford true custom clothing. We know that. I know that. But if I was middle of the road business guy, a guy that's climbing the ladder, young guy, I think one of the things that I would try to do is I would try to find somebody like myself that you connect with that you feel has your best interest to help you with other things that have nothing to do with bespoke, but just with your appearance. I would try to find that guy and be in his wheelhouse to whatever degree I could be in it, which means in answering your question, if you can't afford the $4,000 or $5,000 bespoke suit and you, can, and you don't see justification behind it, then have your dress shirts made. Put, put those pieces in there. Put, put your shirts in there. You know, the four to $500 shirt Make room in your in your in your expense category to, to own some of that. Begin to discover somebody that can help you and assist you with your wardrobe, so that you're making good decisions. And hopefully, you grow into a good client for that person. But if not, you've helped yourself. Don't try to go out and do this on your own. I know for a fact, if if it's not nine out of ten, it's probably ten out of ten. Men, the last thing I said it earlier that they pay attention to is their wardrobe. They're, they're worried. Everything gets in front of it. That's the last thing on their list on a monthly or yearly basis is to say, hey, I'm going to walk into my closet today and analyze what works and doesn't work. And let's just throw out all the crap that doesn't work. The guys just don't do it. They don't do it. So number one, that becomes a real problem. Number two, they're not spending time because they're so busy with their worlds. They need somebody like myself that they can create some kind of a working relationship with. And, I, and I'm very open with my clients about this. I'm like, you know, I, I don't need to sell you a suit. 
I, I want to help you with your wardrobe and with who you are and, and point out some things to you that you might want to consider changing with the way your jackets fit, your pants fit, the way your wardrobe comes together, maybe introduce you to some colors that are important. If I can do that for you, that, 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 that's, a huge, that's a huge benefit to your growth as a businessman. You need to be reaching for that. Not just the financial guy, not just the health guy, not just go to the gym, not just even go to church, not just a better like Spend some time discovering who you are, what your closet's all about, and get rid of the pieces that don't work. Find a guy like myself that can really bring that together. You might not be able to afford that suit right now, but maybe some neckwear and ties and, and, and shirts and, and start slow and start small, but start. Don't just act like, well, I'll just go to the shopping. I'll just go to the department store once a year or whatever, and I'll make the best of this on my own. When you have no experience to do it. And nine out of 10 men in this country don't. Wow. That's powerful. Randy, man, it has been an honor uh, to have you on really. Uh, tell me something. How can people reach you? How can they follow you? Um, I know you're on Instagram. Are you in any other platforms? Yeah, I'm really just surging right now. Just recently, in the last couple of months on TikTok, I uh, started to go there. And the reason why I'm doing TikTok is because uh, I, I, I'm, I'm realizing, and there's other things that are going on in my business model, but I'm realizing that when I speak on a subject matter, I get a lot of attention people are listening to me because they they're they're sensing i'm coming from a different perspective you know i'm again i'm not there to just show you how to three different ways you can tie a, a scarf you know you know these are the five suit colors you should own now i, I want to talk i want to talk about life attitude fashion what you should be looking for and and i and and so the tiktok thing is is kind of growing in its current state right this very second so i'm, I'm over there website themanmakesthesuit.com funny thing is we just had our website go down it should be up uh, themanmakesthesuit.com the makes the suit is my brand we're one of the very few clothiers in the country that have a brand the man makes the suit is a big part of the stigma of what you get from us and you can go to my website you can sign up for on my consultation page and do a 30 minute or a 60 minute consultation with me that I, where I, I answer any questions you want and and, and maybe help you where you're at for, for 30 minutes. And uh, we provide you with a little gift from that. So on the website, you can sign up on the consultation page. You can learn more about us again on my website, Instagram, TikTok, um, social media, Pinterest. Uh, we're kind of like everywhere and I'm all over the country and my clients are all over the place. So how would someone go about hiring you and just reaching out through you, to you through the, your website, I'm assuming, or, or just, yeah. If you go to the contact page on the website, just mm -hmm. put in your information say, hey, I'd like to we have Randy pay me a visit or set up a time to meet him or whatever the case may be. And and I'll, I'll, we'll, we reach out and we're, we're really good about that. I'm, I'm, I'm very concerned about every person that reaches out if I feel like they're legitimate. Awesome. All right, Randy, thank you very much for being on, man. It was a- I loved it. There's there's so much here that, that I had to take in. And, and I know that uh, when I put this out, there's going to be a lot of people very interested. So again, thank you for your time. Thank you. And- um, Let's do this again.